Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling Days and welcome to Wrestling Days Reviews. And this is exciting because we can do an actual review this week. Uh, we can actually sit here and do a proper review. There was no QR codes, or at least I don't believe so. Uh, no QR codes, so nothing to distract us. No White Rabbit stuff. We could watch the show and uh, judge it accordingly. And of course, this was an exciting and uh, noteworthy episode of NXT because we've been waiting for this kind of rebrand and relaunch. And to be honest, this was evolution. It wasn't revolution. Um, we didn't go to a different venue. We stayed at the Performance Center. We didn't see any drastic uh, changes to the staging, the entranceway, the kind of layout of the chairs or, or anything like this. All of that felt the same. Uh, there was uh, talk going around uh, that there was more seating and it was going to be more elevated. I actually don't know if that's true. It felt about the same. What they did do is they got rid of the 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 color splatter. We went back to, as you can kind of see from the image, uh, the kind of black and gold, a bit of white in there as well. But it was very kind of back to black and gold. Um, and there was a lot more space around the ringside area. They moved where the commentary table was. Uh, it used to be just in front of like where the hard cam is. Now it's moved over to the right-hand side. But um, to be honest, the biggest changes were just around the ringside area, just creating a bit more space. Uh, and uh, as I said, like the color scheme definitely felt different as well. The ropes have been blue. Now they're white. There was talk of the ring canvas being black, but I believe that was white as well. I don't think they changed that. So I would love to see that go back to black, to be honest. Uh, I always thought that the black kind of ca canvas was really cool. So I would love for that, the, the actual ring to go back to being black as it was back in the day. But yeah, as I said, evolution, not revolution. Um, but it was all welcome changes. I, I felt like the ringside area has been quite cramped for, well, a while now. So them having more space, I think, is uh, a big improvement. I must admit, this place still doesn't feel like full sale. I still feel like we need to go back to full sale. If we are going to keep this uh, arena as it is, it feels like we, we could do with more seating. I, I feel like we need to get in, like, you know, uh, some more rows. I don't know how, because obviously there's only so much space I've said before, this is clearly a warehouse that's been converted into like a wrestling studio rather than a studio that's being used for wrestling. It's not ideal at the end of the day that they're in this space and they're trying to make the best of it. Uh, and it's kind of there or thereabouts, but it's I don't want to say it's never going to be perfect, but I, I just don't think it's ever going to feel like Full Sail. Full Sail is a studio space big enough to, uh, you know, for them to do whatever they needed to do. And um, it just felt like home. And this, I don't know, it just still doesn't feel like home. Even now, even after these changes, still doesn't feel to me quite right. But welcome changes. Absolutely steps in the right direction. And dare I say this is the best it's ever been since we've been in the Performance Center. I know a lot of people had affection for the kind of... Um, uh, the chain link fence that was on the barricade and the plexiglass, you know, when we were in like lockdown, the only problem with that is you can't get many fans in. 
that was kind of standing room only. Like it was nice and there was like nice room and there was plenty of space and it had a nice um, feel to it, but there was no room for the fans. Like you could, it was standing room really. You couldn't get like, you know, the, the bleachers in, you couldn't get the stands in. So they had to change it for that reason. And so, you know, uh, just constantly trying to find the sweet spot. So an improvement, an improvement, but maybe not perfect. Um, so that's where we are with the changes. Obviously, I'm going to have to change like the thumbnails and all of that going forward because uh, the color splatter has definitely gone. Uh, we also saw changes to the commentary team. So uh, changes to commentary, Sudu Saar. No idea. I have no idea who this person is, where he's come from. I mean, from the bits I heard of him, I he had he was there. He was there. Uh, we had Wade Barrett. We had Byron Saxton. Um, Byron Saxton, I don't think is down in NXT now. I think he's just there because I think Vic Joseph got married. Um, Wade Barrett made the comment that he was stuck at um, Im um, immigration. And uh, he couldn't get back into the country. And he said, I'd like to thank everyone that's made that possible. I thought it was a nice little open. So I think Byron was just there to cover. I think, though, that this might be a three-man team going forward. I'm guessing that this Sudu Shah, Wade Barrett, Vic Jones, if that's going to be the, the commentary team. And uh, Byron was probably just covering. But uh, even so, you know, that was uh, who we had. And it kind of, it was nice for this first show. Byron. Say what you want about him. He definitely feels like he's uh, a star, if you will, because I'm just so used to hearing him now on Raw and him being up on Raw that for him to come back to like NXT felt actually noteworthy, felt like there was uh, something going on and it was it was all right. That was all right. Uh, right, this, I don't know how you feel about this, but um, this was one of the most English moments uh, in the history of WWE, certainly when the Brawling Brutes come out. But um, yeah, we had Pretty Deadly, of course, there from England. Uh, we've got the uh, Union flag in the background. We got uh, St. George's Cross in the other. They were dressed up like lords or beef eaters or some kind of traditional garb. And um, they were given a state of the Commonwealth address. <sighs> this dragged, man. I think if you're going to do a segment like this, it needs to be very well scripted. Because I think this is like cringe anyway, and it's meant to be cringe. They're heels, like, you know, just kind of messing around, really. But I think if you're going to do this, then I think you need to make it entertaining. Like, you need to make it interesting. You need to keep people's attention. I just found this dull, to be honest. The the most entertaining thing I got out of this was when they were laughing. And they were like, mmm, 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 mmm. Uh, and they were like laughing to each other. They'd say a little joke and they'd be mmm, mmm, mmm. like, I, I don't know. That was the only thing that kind of even got me remotely interested. Um, so, yeah, wasn't really feeling it. But uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't mind them giving it a go. I just think that the writing was not strong enough, like to really carry this segment. I think they're strong enough. I, I don't mind pretty deadly at all. I don't mind pretty deadly. I, I like the fact that they're a bit different. They're a bit out there. I kind of like that. They're not, you know, not shy about dressing up. Their ring gear is obviously quite elaborate as well. We saw like a backstage vignette of them not that long ago. Like there's a lot to like about pretty deadly. Uh, I think they've got like big personalities and it's right to try and bring those personalities out. So that's the point, really. It's right to try and do that if uh, if they are 
big personalities and very charismatic, but I just don't think the writing and the, the I don't think it was there for this. I don't think that this uh, segment really opened the show all that strong. Uh, thankfully, it didn't matter because Brawling Brutes came out. Now, this took me by surprise. I don't know if there was rumors doing the rounds that the Brawling Brutes were going to be on this show. Uh, it was, someone did mention in the chat that they expected to see them, which I was surprised at. But uh, yeah, out they came. So Brawling Brutes were here. Ridge and uh, Pete Dunn, obviously Butch. As we said, both of these guys from England as well. So whole lot of British beef. Uh, in this opening uh, segment. So Brawling Brutes came down. Obviously, then we got into like a big brawl. So this set up our main event, which was uh, going to be pretty deadly, taking on the Brawling Brutes. I believe the tag titles were on the line as well. So uh, quite an interesting main event. So uh, yeah, all in all, you know, it, it, it served a purpose. What I liked about it was that we had that open, took about 15 minutes or so, that open, and then uh, Carmelo comes down and we just go straight into our first match. So uh, Carmelo Hayes taking on Oro Mensa. Oro Mensa is uh, someone new. Uh, he's only been around for a couple of weeks. Uh, James Chadwick told me in the watch along chat that this guy used to be in NXT UK. Uh, I don't watch NXT UK, so uh, that's uh, that was news to me. But uh, apparently he used to be there. But he's only been in NXT for a couple of weeks. He's very Kofi Kingston. Uh, let's put it that way. He comes across as very Kofi Kingston. I think that um, he's he's got he's from Ghana, I believe, as well. I'm sure he's from Africa. And um, he's uh, a high flyer, but not a high flyer like Ricochet. He seems to be someone that's got aerial abilities, but he's not just constantly flipping around. Again, think Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston's quite happy to do springboard maneuvers obviously Kofi at the Royal Rumbles he'll go to the outside and cling onto a barricade you know he's got that kind of aerial ability but he's not going to it all the time so uh, there's a lot of comparisons that you can see with Oro Mensa and Kofi Kingston um he was up against Carmelo Hayes obviously this was always going to be a challenge for Oro and uh, it was a victory for Carmelo Hayes good open this actually by the time we got to the end of this match, I was like, okay, I'm starting to feel, I'm starting to get into this show now. Uh, the Open, uh, wasn't that keen on, but Brawling Brutes came out. That was good. Uh, and then we got this uh, really decent match, uh, Carmelo and Oro. I think Oro is going to get somewhere. I really like him. Carmelo's just one of the biggest stars they've got. He's great. So, um, yeah, good, good opening match. Uh, then we went uh, and saw some footage from earlier in the day. This was Alba Fire uh, beating up on Toxic Attraction as they arrived. So another parking lot brawl. That's uh, Car Park at uh, NXT sees a lot of action. Uh, Carmelo decided that he was going to stick around because he wanted to see the next match uh, that was uh, going to be happening. Uh, so he decided to uh, stick on commentary. Um, we got, uh, we saw Duke Hudson and we saw, uh, Brutus Creed backstage. Brutus Creed got absolutely, uh, destroyed, I think last week. And so he was in, uh, medical. You can see the bruising on his shoulder. Don't know if that's real. Feel like it is. Might have been touched up a little bit by makeup, but I think it might not have been as well. It might actually been a real legit injury. Um, but as I said, they might have just touched it up, but basically, 
Uh, Duke Hudson's here. He's just throwing, like, you know, trash around, basically. And um, it's going to be a match between uh, Julius Creed and Duke Hudson. So uh, we get a match made. That uh, was for later in the show. Uh, the match that uh, Carmelo stuck around for was this one. It was Andre Chase taking on Von Wagner. And uh, I think this was a qualifying match. Uh, Andre Chase. Andre Chase is so over. I was stunned at how popular he was. I mean, like when he does that C, H, A, and he's like stomping away, like the whole crowd were with him. Obviously, it massively helps that they've got a real chunk of Chase U people in the crowd as well. Like they were joining in. I think the uh, I love that that girl. Is her name Thea? Uh, I, I, she's brilliant. She is so into everything. So, I mean, even just with still image I've got here, like you can see her on the edge of the ring, like a mouth wide open, shocked at uh, Andre losing the match. Uh, she has a moment where she picks up Robert Stone on her shoulders as well. She's like trying to uh, slam him down. She doesn't end up, uh, do, I thought she was going to do like an electric chair and uh, drop him backwards onto something. She didn't. He uh, managed to get onto his feet. In the end, she scoops him up, scoop slams him down. So that was cool. So, uh, yeah, she showed some strength on the outsides. She dealt with uh, Robert Stone. That distraction, it didn't actually cost uh, Andre Chase. He was distracted, but he still managed to get a roll upon Von Wagner. Von Wagner got out of that and then hit a couple of moves, uh, big slam, picks up the win, and so it's Von Wagner that was victorious. Now, before Carmelo could comment, he was jumped on and attacked. Everything just seemed to very quickly go from one thing to the next. So we had the open. They were attacked by the brawling brutes. Out came Carmelo very quickly. That led to the next match. Carmelo stayed out. That brought out Andre Chase. They had loads of energy. So we had Andre Chase against Von Wagner. Before we like could get anywhere, Wesley jumps onto Carmelo. So Carmelo's being beaten up now by Wesley. So it was all happening. Like the pace of this show was kind of breakneck speed, to be honest. Uh, and good, good for it. I mean, that, that was a real positive. You can see here how much space there is now between the ring and the crowd. Looks like a reinforced barricade as well. That barricade's very strange because um, it feels like they've got the old glass barricade uh, behind it. And then they've put this new barricade in front of it. And this new barricade, I mean, it's good. I mean, it feels like you can chuck people into it and everything. But um, I don't know. It also feels a bit temporary. I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps I'm just so used to the LED screen. One now from like Raw and SmackDown. I, I have no idea. This one just feels a little bit, uh, as I said, temporary. But um, uh, good. I mean, look, no complaints. I love the room that they've got to work now. Um, and... Uh, it's better. It's better rather than having people like really, really close and it being like a real narrow kind of ringside area. This is better. Then we saw this. This was cool. So Sanger and Veer. Obviously, there'd been a lot of reports that Veer had gone back to NXT. And um, so, yeah, just a nice little kind of confirmation of that. And looks like these two are going to be in a tag team. Definitely. They both look great in suits. Both look great in suits. They both look great in general. Both are big guys. This could be a great team. This could be a really great team. Don't know, obviously, uh, how well they're going to work together, what the chemistry is going to be like. If um, 
You know, I don't know that we're going to be seeing... I would imagine they're going to be like authors of pain. That's probably the kind of, that's what I'm expecting. You know, two big guys that are going to be using a lot of power moves. But I think they'll still have some nice pace about them. I think like they'll still be able to churn out some really good match quality. Uh, so yeah, authors of pain, I think is probably a decent comparison. But uh, I am excited for these. I'm excited for these two. Oh, this was hilarious. This was hilarious. So we've been we've been watching this. Uh, redded, red hooded figure, right? Wearing a yellow mask. And it's really interesting because is this person working for Gacy? Are they working to recruit Gacy? Like what's going on? And so there's a real mystery around him. We've seen them at a few different times. Uh, now here we're seeing them hand out smiley face stickers. Don't forget they're wearing like a red hooded top they're wearing a yellow mask and um like they're handing out these yellow stickers i mean it's not it's not a normal thing that they're doing here and there was people turning them down like i made this comment in the watch long like this person is meant to be quite i'm, I'm guessing dark and sinister i mean they're associated with gacy they're wearing like this yellow mask and gacy used to wear a yellow mask when he was in czw and um, like, we still don't know the identity of this person. This is still a mystery person. Why have we got them handing out smiley face like stickers? And not only that, people saying no. People are actually turning them down. Like, it's, this is crazy. It's crazy. This is like it's, it's completely pours cold water all over this person. This person is not sinister. This person is not someone that needs to be feared. This person borderline doesn't even deserve to be respected. And we haven't even revealed who it is. Because like, look at this woman. She's like, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. The, this woman on screen, like, would you like one of these sinister smiley face? Thing? No, I'm all right. Thanks. No, I'd rather not have that free thing that you're trying to give me. They should take it out of sheer fear rather than turning it down. It should be that they're scared to not take it. Otherwise, who knows what this sinister person might do? No, there's none of that. None of that. Just, what? I have no, no idea what purpose this served. I have no idea what pur What purpose does it serve seeing this person trying to hand out yellow stickers and having the people decline the, op the option? What purpose does that serve? It just makes them look lame. I thought this was what this is one of the wildest things I've seen in a long time. I cannot, for the life of me, figure out what they were trying to do. I can only imagine, right? I can only imagine that they thought it would be cool to get this person to hand out yellow stickers to genuine audience members. That's the only thing I can think. And they thought, right, what we'll do is we'll film them handing out these stickers to like audience members as they come in. And what they didn't factor is that some of the audience might say no. That's the only thing I can think. I can't, ex I cannot explain it any other way. So uh, yeah, just th that. I had a lot of fun with that uh, during the watch long. So just, I was desperately trying to get my head around what the hell was going on. Um, right, we go back to the ring. Uh, this was not good. There, there was some moments in this match that was really off. Um, Wendy against uh, Lash. There was I remember like a leg sweep that took about two months to actually get executed. 
And uh, there was just some stuff. I mean, like Lash just doesn't do it for me at all. I like Wendy, but I even thought Wendy was a little off during this match. So um, I, I would say this was a, a bit of a low point, sadly. Uh, Wendy beats Lash. She hits a Vader bomb, uh, a Wendy bomb, and uh, gets the victory. So uh, Wendy victorious there. Uh, moving forward, we've got a nice little uh, promo. This was Caden and Katana Chance. Obviously, the current women's tag champs. I really like this. I've got a lot of praise for this. We did see Pretty Deadly doing a little backstage thing. I, don't, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before. And I remember saying that that was a good idea, but it needed to be more serious because I genuinely believe their characters would take care of their hair. And I do believe their characters would genuinely be uh, interested in, like, you know, maintaining their physique. And I just felt they came across as a bit too silly. Like, you know, the way they were combing each other's hair and the way that they were like doing it, it just, it didn't feel real. It didn't look genuine. It just, it looked like they were just messing around and doing it for like a a, a skit. So yeah, I wasn't crazy about that, but I liked the idea. I just thought the execution was off. This was really good. This was a sit down interview with these two and they kind of touch on like their time in NXT and uh, Katana Chance even spoke about how she stepped away from uh, wrestling for a while. And uh, Caden was like, I remember that. That was a hard time, you know, but um, it's only made us stronger and all this. And I don't know, it just gave these two a little bit of depth. I could totally understand people watching this and not getting anything from it. But I actually thought that this was good. I thought it just made me a bit more interested in them. And I would like to see them do this with other superstars. So, uh, yeah, good, a positive. Uh, right, next up, we had Nikita Lyons and Zoe Starks uh, beating Toxic Attraction. To uh, Toxic Attraction, I thought that um, JC Jane was really good in this. I actually thought Toxic Attraction came across really well. JC Jane did, like, this sequence of moves. And when she finished, she kind of crotch-chopped. And I was just like, man, that's so... The confidence that she's got there and uh, the moves that she was doing were well executed. And then for her to like finish it with a crotch shot, I thought it was really good. Uh, I really like the arrogance and the confidence that she showed. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, look, the uh, the faces pick up the victory. I'm not a big fan of Nikita Lyons. I know I don't have to say that every week, but I feel like she's got good kicks and I feel like she can strike, but I feel like her general wrestling is just average at best and i really like zoe stark though she's an excellent wrestler i do like her uh, a victory for nikita and uh zoe stark so i think that puts them on a collision course with caden carter and katana chance so that that i'm down for that match i'm down for seeing that so yeah that was interesting Right, then we got the Grayson Waller effect. Now, I had to get a picture of this because this was another weird moment. Um, Roxanne Perez comes out with, no word of a lie, half a blazer. Half a blazer. Like, literally one half a blazer. The other half, just not there. I remember Liv Morgan wearing something like this on the main roster, and I remember commenting about that at the time. This is clearly a fashion thing that I do not understand. Like, I, I do not get that. I don't even think this looks good. I just feel like they need to pay her more money so that she can get the full jacket rather than just, like, half a blazer. I don't get it. I don't understand. But then I don't think anyone has ever looked at me and said that I 
you know, understand fashion and you shouldn't. At no point should you look at me and think that I know fashion. But um, yeah, wild. I thought it was definitely worth showing. Uh, half a blazer. Not something you tend to see all that often, but it's, uh, of course, led to the Grayson Waller effect and uh, quite the uh, quite the screenshot there. I didn't even realize I'd got such a good screenshot. You can see a very shocked uh, Grayson Waller. Uh, this was uh, Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade. They're involved in a really good little feud at the moment. Um, and Cora said that uh, Roxanne Perez is just internet hype. And uh, Roxanne said that she didn't have any uh, emotions towards Cora Jade, unlike at Heatwave, when her she had mixed emotions. There's no emotions now. So these two on a collision course. What came out of it was it was announced, I believe, in a couple of weeks' time, there's going to be uh, some matches where they can choose each other's opponents and the whole WWE roster is eligible. Uh, Grayson Waller even said like he could see Roxanne Perez against Omos. Uh, obviously joking about that. But I think that's really interesting. I love that. I love that. I, I, they should do that on the main roster. So, you know, they should do it whereby if you're in a red hot feud with someone, like you get to choose the week before who they have to face and you can choose anyone from any of the WWE brands. I just think that's so exciting. That's the kind of thing that people love doing when they've got wrestling figures or um, on 2K22. Do you know what I mean? Like if you could like, that's just like dream fantasy booking, isn't it? Like you could just think of like some of the wild matches you could end up doing. So I like that. I love the freedom of that. You don't want to overdo it. You don't want to like do it too often, but just once in a blue moon, I think that's such a great idea. The other thing that was announced as well is that they're going to have a match against each other, and that is going to be a spin-the-wheel-make-the-deal match. Thankfully, we got that done tonight, so we know where we're going. Uh, Grayson Waller uh, spun the wheel, and it's a weapons wild, which I don't know what that is. I think it's just a weapons match. I'm guessing they just bash each other with weapons, and that's about it. So a weapons wild match. Uh, there was an insane asylum match next to it as well. Boiler Room Brawl, uh, which uh, looked like that could have been a lot of fun. But yeah, I don't know what an insane asylum match is. I don't feel like I've ever seen an insane asylum match. So I'm hoping it lands on that at some point. I want to see an insane asylum match. But uh, Weapons Wild, you could tell by the crowd they weren't really into it. I think it's because we, I mean, it was only last week we got a pub brawl thing that had loads of weapons. So, like, weapons just get used so often that a weapons wild match is a bit... Mm, certainly compared to... so. Look at that one. Could have had an insane asylum match. Could have had a boiler room brawl match. There was a casket match in there as well. And we end up with a weapons match. So you could tell the crowd were a bit like, oh, brilliant, thanks. Well done, Grayson. Just another reason to hate you. Um... But uh, if you did hate on him, he got uh, he got his just desserts because uh, there was a big brawl in the ring between Cora and Roxanne. Of course there was. Uh, and then uh, as Grayson Waller was talking on his uh, phone because he was uh, live streaming on Instagram, in the background, he saw Apollo Crews. Obviously, he's involved in a feud uh, with Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews grabbed him, pulled him under the ring. When he re-emerged, his eyes were like red. Both were like red. Uh, you only got like a fleeting look 
I mean, honestly, it looked like his eyeballs had been removed. The way they did it was very, very good. He came out, his eyes were bright red. It looked like someone had just removed his eyeballs. Uh, thankfully, they hadn't. I don't know what happened under there, though. I don't know what happened uh, in order for his eyes to go uh, like that. Um, feel free to put in the live chat what you think happened under that ring between Apollo and Grayson Waller for his eyes to uh, go like that. But um, yeah, um, it was what it was. It was, you know, it was what it was. Uh, I can't say it was crazy. We didn't see anything. He just went under the ring when he came back out. His eyes, uh, you know, that had happened to him. So, uh, <laughs> do you know what? I just need two hours of the adventures of this red hooded person. That's all I need. Just give me a two hour show where you show me the adventures of this red hooded person. Because what we saw next was we saw the mystery red hooded person being told off. They were sat on a box and Gacy was there and Gacy was saying, you've let us down. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. And the red-hooded person put their head down like this, like the mystery person that we still haven't been introduced to, right? That we thought was all spooky and in the crowd and everything is having audience members turning them down for uh, smiley face stickers and now they're being told off by joe gacy we're like oh, i'm sorry well moody if this this is going to turn out to be dominic mysterio like a moody teenager or something i have no idea what they're doing with this i, I have no idea i'm here for it it's uh it feels to me like this is just a wonderful car crash that i just want to be a, a witness of because you've got this quite cool quite Incredible mystery person in a yellow mask that's been like the talk of NXT for a few weeks. And now we're doing this with them. <laughs> I love it. I just love it. It's brilliant. So uh, I, I, was, I was, you can imagine on the watch long, I was living off that at this point. Uh, then we uh, went back to uh, a match and it was Duke Hudson against Julius Creed. Obviously, that was uh, made earlier in the night. Julius Creed destroyed uh, Duke Hudson's squash match, actually. Did not take long for him to get the win. Um, I actually missed the finish, so I don't know quite how he even got the victory. I know it was a pin, but really quick. And the Brutus came down. Brutus was, like, then destroying Duke Hudson because of his comments from earlier. So they were, like, pounding away. Damon Kemp then appeared on that like raised platform. And uh, this was good. I mean, Brutus wants to desperately get at Damon Kemp, desperately wants to get at him. And uh, basically where we got to was he said, right, let's do a match. Halloween Havoc. It's going to be me against uh, Julius. And let's make it an ambulance match. And if I win, I don't want you to leave NXT, Julius. I want your brother to leave, which I think is so cool because that puts so much pressure on Julius. Like Brutus's career is like in his hands now. And um, yeah, straight away, Brutus is like, yeah, we agree. So Brutus showing that he's got total faith in his brother, which I thought was great. Julius seemed to be all right with it. He seemed to be fairly confident. He didn't look too concerned, but I love the... 
psychology of that. I love the mind games of that. You're not responsible for yourself. You're responsible for your brother being in. I'm, I'm trying to think if I've seen that before. Loved it. Love it. Sign me up. Thought it was great. And, and actually the back and forth between these were was really, really good. Really, really good. Uh, then we went to our next match. This was uh, Zion Quinn against Hank Walker. Uh, went for a little bit, not too long, but a uh, victory for Zion Quinn. A little bit throwaway, a little bit forgettable. Hank Walker, security guard, that uh, I think got a victory the other week. Um, earlier in the night, we did see him backstage uh, getting praised by the other security guards. And they were like, can't believe you got your first proper match now that you're assigned like superstar. Um, and obviously he ends up getting beaten. So don't quite know what we're doing with Hank Walker. Uh, here, but a um, little bit throw away this one. Um, what we got, though, is we did have uh, Zion Quinn beating up Hank after the match. That brought down uh, super diva uh, Quincy Elliott came down. Obviously an acquired taste, uh, not uh, to everyone's uh, liking, but uh, he came down and uh, chased Zion Quinn away, so... I'm guessing we're on a collision course between Quincy Elliott and Zion Quinn. But as I said, I'm not too sure what we're doing with Hank Walker. Hank Walker, I, I, you know, again, I, I don't know. His physique feels like he could do with just getting a bit more toned. I mean, he's got a bit of timber to him. You know, there's a little bit of summit there. It doesn't really matter. But um, I don't know. He does. He just looks like a normal, average guy. I mean, like I don't feel like the beard's really working for him, and uh, I don't feel like the physique's really working for him. I, I don't really know what we're doing with him. So I'm quite interested to see where we go with Hank Walker. And as I said, I think um, uh, we're on a collision course between Quincy and uh, Zion Quinn. Then uh, we went backstage and we saw Cameron Grimes go over to the red hooded figure just. I don't know, just talking really to the red hooded figure. Not really. I can't really remember really what about, but just chatting away. And then out of nowhere, uh, he gets beaten up. And then they said to the red hooded figure, you did a, a great job. But the red hooded figure didn't do anything. The red hooded figure literally was still sat there moody. And it was Cameron Grimes that came over and was like talking to the red hooded figure. And then, uh, like, gets beaten up. Joe Gacy says to the red-hooded figure, you did a great job. So apparently, just do nothing. Do nothing and you do a great job. And then the red-hooded figure, like, hugs Gacy and they all walk off. I mean, I'm just, oh, God. I'm so here for all of it. I'm so here for all of it. I love it all. Uh, just think about the day. Just think of the day that the red-hooded figure had. So tried to offer a sticker to uh, fans, got turned down. Got told off by Joe Gacy, moped around. Cameron Grimes came over. You didn't do anything. Cameron Grimes then gets beaten up. Then Joe Gacy tells you you did a great job. I, I would imagine that at that point you're so confused, you just your natural reaction is to just reach out and give him a hug, which uh, you did. And then you all walk off happily ever after. I mean, it's just brilliant. It's brilliant. Brilliant. It's top tier creative. I love it. So, um, yeah, I have no idea what's going on with any of this stuff, but I am here for it. I'm not even being funny. I am here for it. I cannot wait to see what next week brings. Uh, then we was backstage. We had Bron Breaker and again, just random average looking dude. 
I mean, he might have a bit of height to him. I don't know, but he looks just average, to be honest. And I didn't even know who he was. It turns out his name is Javier Barnell. I do remember seeing him a few weeks ago. If you're watching Javier, I'm sorry, you're forgettable. But um, yeah, he was talking some trash to Bron. Bron said, look, I, when I first arrived, I used to run my mouth as well. I'm going to have to teach you a lesson. Um, and so I think we've got a match between them next week. So uh, there we go. Done. Lovely. Thanks for coming. Then we went to our main event. Brawling Brutes against Pretty Deadly were almost towards the end of this uh, review. And uh, Brawling Brutes against uh, Pretty Deadly. It was um, uh, Imperium that provided the distraction. So this match was our main event. Went on for, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. It was all right from uh, the action I was uh, catching. And Imperium distracted. Pretty Deadly get the win. And then to finish the show, um, Anofe and Blade came out and Briggs and Jensen came out. And that's how it ended. So I must admit, a bit flat. I mean, like Imperium being there is kind of interesting. Uh, they were there for all of two seconds, just enough to distract uh, Brawling Brutes uh, run away as well. That just leaves these three teams at the end. I don't know. It's just a bit flat. There was, I keep saying it, and I just, I fear that I'm going to say this every week, and I fear, I might as well just record it, and then I can just press play so that I don't have to say it, and I can just have like a little video, a little recording that can do it for me. What you've got here is, I would say, not even a great one hour, but a solid one hour wrestling show spaced out across two hours sometimes you've got a great wrestling show one hour wrestling show that's spaced out across two hours sometimes you've got a solid one hour show spaced out across two hours i feel like this was probably a solid one hour show spaced across two hours um but as i said we have seen it where sometimes uh it is uh, a great one hour wrestling show spaced out across two hours i seriously cannot tell you the last time I watched NXT and thought it was a great two hours. I genuinely cannot tell you when the last time that was. So that's what I'm hoping we're going to get to. Um, I think they can do it. I think they've got enough interesting characters. And I think they've got like, you know, a few interesting feuds going on. We do definitely need to add to that, though. Uh, we could do with a few more interesting characters. We could do with a few more interesting feuds. Um, and I just hope that we can. I just hope that we can get to the point where we are consistently getting good, solid, interesting two-hour NXTs. I just, I just don't know. I really, I just don't know. But my love for NXT is when it was an hour. My love for NXT is when it was an hour. I think since we've come onto this USA network and gone to two hours, it just, I think that's been the biggest change. Moving away from the color splatter and all of that, I, I fine. I was never bothered about the color splatter. It was never a problem that for me. Didn't care. That was just not an issue. There was way bigger issues. And my concern is that we fixed the arena. I think it looks a lot better. I still don't think it's as good as full sale. And I just I just worry that we're just not going to ever get to the point where we can fill two hours of NXT. I just don't know if NXT has got two hours worth of talent that's going to be good enough and feuds that are going to be good enough. You know, you're always going to have like green talent around. 
that's maybe a bit too green. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I mean, they could change their recruitment and it's going to be a process, but we definitely took some steps in the right direction tonight. So that's my thoughts on it. I genuinely don't know what I would score it. I don't think it would be anything that high at all. I do not think this was a disaster. I watched the show. I didn't find myself getting bored at any time. But equally, I, I don't know if someone was to say what, if someone was to say to me, what do I need to watch? I'd probably say like Andre Chase is over. So, you know, seeing him come out and the crowd reactions to that, that was fun. Uh, I think Carmelo's match might have been my favorite. Uh, Carmelo at the start against... Um, uh, Oro, I thought was really good. Main event had a little summit about it as well. I just kind of feel like it was all right at times, but then there was times where it was just not that great. Like the Commonwealth Open uh, state of the Commonwealth thing was not that great. The Wendy Chu match I thought was a bit poor. Zion Quinn against Han Hank Walker I, I just didn't need. Um, I loved the little Red Riding Hood stuff. So yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a mixed bag, a bit of a mixed bag. But uh, let's jump over and see what you lot thought as we're uh, already a good uh, chunk of time into this review, actually. We've, we've kind of already gone a bit longer than I was anticipating. Um, Joe said two hours of NXT can feel like three. Uh, no more double dare set with a splash logo. No, no, we've got to move away from that now. Um... No wonder NXT lost the war. It was cheesy all night. I would rather watch the Food Network, said IDC, what you think. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I don't want to be laying into NXT because I do love NXT. NXT, for the longest time, was my favorite wrestling brand. I mean, not only that, I would go as far as to say it was my favorite TV show. I mean, I remember watching NXT when it was on the WWE Network. It was genuinely my favorite hour of television that week because you just had these stars that you knew were going to be big stars. And they were at the point where they were at towards the end of their kind of developmental run, you know? NXT was always, because it was only an hour, it You know, there might be a match where you get to see someone new. And if they're a bit green, well, you know, so be it. It's only one match. And, you know, they, it would never even be for that long. So, you know, it'd be, I don't know, 10 minutes, five, if that, eight minutes out of like a 50-minute show. It, fine, whatever. Uh, the rest of it would be brilliant, solid. You know, you'd Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Asuka, Nakamura, Drew McIntyre, Undisputed Era, Johnny Gagano, Tommaso Ciampa, like the list goes on and on and on and on and on as to like, you know, the talent, you know, revival, uh, F, you know, FTR as they are known now, they were down there. Um, Authors of Pain were great. Uh, American Alpha, DIY, as we've mentioned. I mean, it's just the list goes on and on and on. I've, I've, I felt like before it was an hour and the, the talent was a lot more experienced and that experience really matters. Whereas now it's two hours and the experience is just not there. It's like we are the we're learning a lot more. They're, they're learning how to do this, which is fine. I mean, look, it's part of the process. It's part of the process. But 
it does undeniably water the showdown. So I, I, I understand the challenges. I understand where we are. I understand why we are where we are. I suppose the harder thing is to figure out how do you improve the show? How do you fix the show? How do you make it stronger? How do you make it better? How do you get it back to being genuinely the best wrestling show, the best hour? How do you get it back to that? Because I want to get it back to that. Maybe you can't. Maybe you can't. Maybe there's fans out there that have accepted that it's never going to go back to that. And maybe you just have to accept it. Maybe I have to accept it. Maybe we have to accept that it is never going to go back to that. But I think you only have to look at the reaction to the change in the logo and the getting rid of the paint splatters. That said to me, people got so excited about that. I genuinely don't think they were excited to change the logo. I think they were excited to get NXT back to what it was. I think that's what people are excited about. And again, if you think I'm wrong, feel free to say so. But what I saw on social media was a lot of excitement and a lot of people clamoring for black and gold. They wanted black and gold back. And I don't think they just wanted the colors. I think they wanted that style, that, you know, that, that experience level. I think they wanted everything connected with black and gold. So... Maybe even full sale as well. Maybe even full sale. But um, look, it's week one, week one. And what I would say is improvements have been made. I think that the arena is definitely better. It's definitely better. Uh, Brett said, did they change the set? They did. Yes, they did. Uh, NXT would be my idea. Do over the top matches in odd places. Never do it in a ring. WWE wrestlers in bar having drinks and a fight breaks out. Uh, how about setting up scenarios? Well, I mean, I don't know that you could do that with NXT just because NXT is meant to be them learning and getting ready for the main roster. So if you had them doing other things, they're not really getting ready for the main roster, are they? They're, they're not having proper matches. They're doing bar fights and things like that. So... I think what you could do is you could certainly introduce that as a segment, not a weekly segment, but a segment that you could use. You know, it could be a match type. It could be something, you know, a fight could break out and you could you could go with it and you could, you know, showcase them having matches in different locations. Like that is definitely something that could be brought in. But I don't know that you could base NXT on that because they need to learn how to compete in a ring work a crowd as well you know their their interaction with the crowd is very very important you know their entrances and their mannerisms and that you know all of that kind of stuff that they kind of learn that in nxt and then take it you know ideally with them to the main roster if their gimmicks don't get changed obviously with vince not up there now it's probably unlikely that their gimmicks will get drastically changed but um yeah they do need to kind of like learn those things uh, Ray said, I'm personally fine with NXT. My biggest issue was the colors. Uh, it's not what we used to have, but it's what it should be, which is developmental. And now they're ready to go talent, get the biggest stages. And now they're the ready to go the talent, get the talent to the biggest stages. 
Uh, Casey said, Jaden Perez getting to choose future opponents is cool. And that will be fun to watch. Yeah, I like that. Um, as I said in that review, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it like all the time because I think you'll burn the idea out. But I really like it. And I'd love to see it once in a while. I'd love to see it once in a while, on, even on the main roster. I just think it's, I, I think it's good. Uh, John said, why does NXT and the PC look bigger compared to Raw and SmackDown when they are still in the PC where it looks smaller? I mean, I don't I don't know that we can say that it looks bigger than Raw and SmackDown because, I mean, sometimes you even get those sweeping camera shots where you can see, like, all the crowd in the background. And also, like, when you're watching a match, you've got all the crowd in the stands. I mean, you can very clearly see that the crowd in NXT only goes back about 10 rows. If that, I don't even know if it's 10 rows, to be honest. So you can you can see the edge of the warehouse obviously in an arena you tend you can't really see the edge you just see like people going all the way off into the distance so i don't know i don't know if i agree that uh nxt feels bigger um than raw and smackdown uh should nxt be involved in survivor series um uh difficult one to be honest because i thought when they were in the matches weren't very good because what you was getting was triple threat matches every one was a triple threat um and i, I, I just didn't think it worked so if you did include them then I, I would much rather do nxt versus raw and then a different match might be raw versus smackdown and then a different match might be nxt versus smackdown like if there's a way of doing one-on-ones, like, you know, it's NXT uh, against maybe NXT guys against SmackDown guys and maybe NXT girls against Raw girls, something like that. But I think if you're going to do triple threats, no, that didn't work for me. It didn't work. I much prefer just one-on-one -on -one matches and two teams going up against each other. The, the whole thing being triple threats just, just didn't work. So um, I think NXT could be involved, but their involvement would probably need to be minimal. I think their involvement would need to be not every single match. It would just need to be a couple of matches. Um, and I don't know. I must admit, I mean, the more I'm talking, the more I'm thinking it's probably just best they're not involved. But I didn't mind them being there. I thought I thought it was nice that they were represented, actually. So, I don't know, maybe I'd have them in one match. Maybe I'd do something with them, but I can't quite figure out what that would be. But yeah, not not triple threats. Um, but, but, but I would like to see a clear process from NXT to the main roster, whether it's a tournament or a series of matches, says Nathan. Uh, Byron said it's okay uh, having an open mind. We know White Rabbit is Bray. Um, you can stop the cap. It was no one else but Bray. Um, yeah, I think an open mind was important because there was clues that were pointing in other directions. You cannot deny the fact that the rabbit spelled out the word demon. You cannot deny that there was an hourglass in the corner of the first clue. You cannot deny that Corbin was uh, one of the locations in one of the clues, you cannot deny that Bel Air has uh, recently um, 
featured in a clue. You cannot deny that Alistair Black's uh, theme lyrics were hidden in the source code. So you cannot deny that there were things that pointed to other people. What I would say is that the past couple of clues in particular have definitely uh, shone a light on Bray Wyatt a lot more. I, I mean, I am at the point now where I'm in the 90-odd percent, 95 percent, kind of around that ballpark, that it is Bray. But uh, we have kept an open mind all throughout, and we were right to do that because the, you go, you work with what you've got and you work with the clues. Um, and I think at the start where it was pointing to a few different people, it was right to keep an open mind and say, well, it could be any of these people. But as the clues continued and it became more Bray focused and the clues seemed to be more Bray like heavy, then, of course, you react to that. And so, you know, my percentage of likelihood that it was Bray has increased with each clue that has dropped. But um, listen, we we followed the clues. We followed the story. And uh, I, I would do the exact same thing again. Uh, as Esau said, WWE superstars, what I believe that I am excited about Roman Empire, a little while longer, amazing football. Azizul, shout out to you. Uh, right, let's jump over and have a look at uh, your thoughts about NXT tonight and uh, get people's uh, thoughts and feelings on the show. So uh, this is going to get a seven, uh, which is probably a bit above where I am again, to be honest. I do find that. I do find that these scores tend to be above where I am. Very rarely am I above these like scores. But then, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, obviously diehard NXT fans that join us, that I would imagine um, push the score up a little bit. And there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, I I just think I would be a bit lower. I'd probably be like 6.5. Yeah, about 6.5, maybe even 6.25. I, I do think that this show can and has been stronger. And um, hopefully it will be. Hopefully it will be now that we've got some change that's uh, come in. Uh, let's see what people enjoyed. Uh, the new NXT look, the Brawling Brutes, the final match, and Red Hood. Grayson Waller effect, really eager to see who the person in the black cape was. Yeah, there was a person by the wheel in the black cape, but I don't know that that's a new mystery or anything. I feel like that person was really just there to stand next to the wheel. But I suppose... As we get closer to Halloween Havoc, we will see more of that wheel, which means we will likely see more of that person. And uh, I suppose you are right. That person could be somebody. So mm. uh, Edge winning and Ronda winning the new title. That was someone's favorite thing of tonight. Uh, Roxy's outfit. She got it half off. <laughs> that is quite good, actually. Uh, well done, whoever that was. I do like that. Three brothers and uh, Damon Kemp and uh, Waller effect segments. Apollo pulling Grayson under the ring. Grayson Waller effect. Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez. The new set and the Creed's promo. No more paint splatter. Uh, the ladies. Oh, hello. Someone's favorite part was the ladies. Uh, they've also added, I want a girlfriend. Uh, Grayson Waller in always. Oh, I know. Some simping going on. Talking of simping, 
Nikita Lyons gets a shout and uh, chase you. Uh, someone's favorite was uh, No White Rabbitster. Uh, someone else's favorite was trying to chat up days. Well, can I be the first to say if anyone in the chat was trying to do that, you failed spectacularly because I didn't even notice. Uh, Grayson Waller Show, Roxanne and Cora, Brawling Brutes, NXT Women, The Opening, and someone said they forgot what their favorite part of the show was. Uh, least favorite part of the show, uh, Gacy not saying to the hooded woman, we've got something to do Saturday. That would have got people talking after the White Rabbit teases. Um, then next week they reveal they go to the mall to get her a new wardrobe. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Well, he wouldn't take her out to go clothes shopping. He's too busy telling her off. Uh, the arena didn't change as much as expected. Why would you take two weeks off for that? Perhaps they wanted a break. Pretty Deadly's outfits during the opening segment and no reveal of Red Riding Hoods. Definitely forgetting what I liked about is up there. That's top three. Uh, average to plain episode besides a few nice things here and there. Byron Saxton on NXT was surprised. I was shocked, said Hayden. Missing out on Rox's half-off sale. Uh, Hank something versus someone something. Pretty deadly opening segment. Probably the tag matches. Days turning us all down. I didn't even see anyone hitting on me. So if I did turn you all down, I mean, you deserved it. Uh, Hank Walker's match, Bad News Barrett, the rest of it, the main event, no Mandy Rose, Lash Legend, Von Wagner, the women. All the women. And there we go. There we go. Right, we are done, my friends. That is our NXT review. Really appreciate you guys uh, joining us on this Tuesday night. Um, of course, we will be back next week for more NXT. We're back. Tomorrow for AEW, we're back on uh, Friday for the go-home SmackDown and potentially the final White Rabbit clue. And then, of course, this weekend, we have got the Extreme Rules watch-along. So not long to wait now till we find out who is behind White Rabbit, and um, which I am expecting to be Bray. Uh, so, uh, yes, looking forward to uh, to that. And then, of course, once uh, once we know, then next week's going to be big because you've got to imagine there's going to be follow-up of it. So if it is Bray, as expected, then that's going to set up potentially a big Raw. I, I, I feel like if it is Bray, he's probably going to Raw. I mean, Judgment Day are on Raw. So, and like Dexter's on Raw and Braun's on Raw. I feel like it probably would be Raw that he would go to. So... And they've got three hours to try and fill. So that's more TV time to try and fill, you know? So yeah, uh, next week could be big as well. Awesome, guys. Thanks for watching. Appreciate the support. And I will see you again next time. Bye for now.